you have dialed your radio in. I'm, I'm not sure if you can actually do that. Are there anymore. dials anymore? Oh, well, anyway, you've at least punched some numbers in and flipped to the B-side of, uh, of the record to another installment of Pastors of Pain. Father Kerry County, Wackold. that is. Oh, th- this is a county? Pain County. Oh, it yes, is. it is. That's right. We're living it. Living I, large. Oh, wow. Well, I, uh, I thought it was in Caddo County. No. K-County? K-Caddo. Anyway, Father Kerry Wakulich, pastor of St. John Catholic Student Center here on the air with my amigo, the other priest. Buenos dias, Father Brian O'Brien from St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church, Stillwater, Oklahoma. We're so glad you've joined us. Welcome to the airwaves. what will be 29 and a half minutes of glory. Hootenanny. It's a hootenanny. Um, we're so glad to be here. So we are, uh, sometimes, some of you listen, and you listen in various ways. Some of you listen on the radio, on Sunday mornings, on Pete 94.3 and AM 780 right wow. here in Stillwater. Some of you listen on the Oklahoma Catholic Broadcasting Network uh, every Wednesday at 3.30 on Catholic mm-hmm. radio stations across the state. Yeah. And you're probably you're, you know you're probably out in Gaiman or in Idabel or somewhere, and you're just Whoa, like, why, God's country. Why do I care about what's happening in Payne County? And the answer is, is because Payne County is the center of the universe. <laughs> and so wherever you are, Iceland, South Africa, Tanzania, Russia, Tokyo, Japan, you should all want to know what's going on in Payne County because Payne County is where it's at. The Red Dirt Riviera. We're loving it. Um, so anyway, we also are available on uh, as a podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and mm-hmm, Spotify mm-hmm. as well. So however you're listening, we're Welcome. just glad you're here. Welcome. Would you do us a favor? Let us know how you're listening. That'd be interesting. I mean, we get kind of stats and stuff, but it'd be interesting to know. Like we have, no, I, I should say this, we have no idea if anyone listens on the radio. Hold, hold on. Someone's sending me a text message because this is live on the radio right now. Right. And it says, I'm listening to this because it's my penance. Yeah. I went to <laughs> confession this morning for your penance. I want you, to, want you to spend the next 29 and a half minutes. I thought poorly of my priest. Well, good. Then listen to us for 29 and a half minutes. Um, but we're so glad to be here. We're so blessed to be uh, priests. I love being We're blessed a to be in the Diocese of Tulsa. We're blessed to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're blessed that our bishop has forced us to come <laughs> to Payne County. Exiled. Did he? No. Exi- no. Just kidding. On, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I love this place. This is uh, of the. Someone asked me uh, like what favorite places I've lived in the world because I've lived in like twenty two different countries, and I say th- there's like this town Pyeongtaekshi in South Korea, which is one of my favorite places because you could get on the bus. Right at the end of the uh, the military base there, and ride it to Seoul, and be in one of the biggest cities in the world in two hours. Yeah, I go from rice paddies to to subways in two hours. One of my favorite places to live. Second on the list, Payne County, Stillwater, America. You know, I, I mean, love it. In an hour and fifteen minutes, we can be uh, to the forty third largest city in America, in Dallas, Tulsa. In an hour, it's it's fifty five minutes. How- I mean, if you're on the northeast corner of Stillwater and you go from to from our house to downtown Tulsa, hour oh yeah, okay. hour ten, hour okay, 15. got it, got yeah. it. But I don't like leaving Stillwater. I like hanging out around here. Uh, I'm with you. I am with you. 
my brother. Uh huh. I got cows to take care yeah. of now. Okay, so m- maybe students. it would be good to recount to for people how we got here. So in the in the Catholic world, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like how we got here? Like conceived? Like uh, uh, how? Like like where let's we were describe born? Describe that process. <laughs> where we were born? Hatched? No, no. So in the some people have e- even Catholics kind of a like when people say like, so did you like did you t- you told the bishop that you wanted to come to Stillwater? And I'm like, no, like that's not how this works. And I think especially because especially among our Protestant brothers and sisters, there's a I guess there's more choice depending on the denomination. Yeah. There's more choice where I've had, I've met like Protestant pastors who say, you know, my family and I, we felt called uh, to come, you know, to be, to come to Oklahoma. And then this church like called us to be their pastor, but it was like a decision at the church, at the local church level interviews and which is, yeah. Yeah. So, which is not how it works in the, in the Catholic church. Right. So for better or for worse, like the people, I mean, you can write to the, and people do all the time. They write to the bishop and say, you know, we want this or we want that. Or um, uh, ultimately, though, it is the the, the bishop. So in our case, Bishop David Condorla, the bishop of the Diocese of Tulsa, uh, which covers the eastern third of the state of Oklahoma, Uh from Kansas to Texas, all the way to the Arkansas border. It's his call of which priests go where. So I'm in Stillwater because the bishop put me here. I didn't lobby. I didn't write letters. Please, bishop, get me. Now, we can make our preferences known. You know, I mean, there comes yeah. a point for every priest, you know, where you come to a point where you're like, okay, I'm, I've been here a long time. I, I think I've run my course. Maybe they need some new, new leadership or new skills, a new skill set. But anyway, the, we're here. I'm here, and Father Carey is here because the bishop called us and said, "You're going." Yeah, and, and we said, "Okay." It, it usually, I, I think, also starts with, "Hey, I, I'm thinking about this. What do you think?" So it's not just like, "Hey, cuff them and stuff them and send them out to wherever." The, the, the bishop asked you that? No, he he, he didn't ask me. He just told me. He oh, said, okay. "Hey." I'm thinking about sending you oh, to, to blank. Okay. And I said, oh, okay. Where? No. Is I that don't. even in our diocese? <laughs> well, you know what's cool about diocese is we have, a, like, we have an interesting geographical boundary out here, which is the Cimarron River. That's like our southern boundaries of yep. the diocese of Tulsa. Yep. Like, what is it? West is I-35. Is that right? The, west, the, the western edge is I-35. Yes. Yep. And then the north is that gravel road north of us. I think that heads, that's the barrier between what Jesus us. had in mind. The, guys, stop at the gravel road. Uh-huh. At, between us and uh, what's that town north of, northwest of us? Perry? Where Ditchwich is? Yeah, Perry. Perry, yeah. It separates us from Perry because Perry's not in the diocese. Perry is in the Archdiocese of Oklahoma yeah. City. And then across the Cimarron River is the Oklahoma City Diocese. Yep. West of 35 is the Oklahoma City Diocese. Yep. And so we've got all of this glorious piece we of land here. We are holding down the, as I like to say, the, the holding down the western front Yes, of the diocese. Okay, tell us, what, what that's a word. Uh, what is a diocese. Di- diocese? What is that? What is that? What does that mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Help people. So, you know, we talked about church history last time. We kind of got into like some ecclesiology. Yeah, we got into some ecclesiology and like... Where, if you, What's ecclesiology? Uh, uh, Big a, word. A loving, loving church. <laughs> no? Ecclesia, the study of the church, ecclesia, yeah, ecclesia, being called yep. out of, yep, 
the the churches. And so we, we talked about that last time, specifically about like you know where does someone's church come from and what's the origins uh, of. Uh, of your church, and ours was, you know, it's founded by Jesus, 33 AD. Uh, right there in the Acts of the Apostles, you see that the beginnings of the church, the first couple of days of it. Uh, and then th- there this time came as Jesus, you know, he tells them to go and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So that's what people do. What do they do? They go to all nations. They go. They go. So there's all the people going out all over the place, missionaries being sent out, uh, bishops being established. You know, we even hear that in the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, and St. Paul even talks about, you know, like a bishop should not be a drunkard. He should be married only once. He shouldn't be a recent convert. So right there you see this hierarchy of church. And as the church went out, what do you do? You're like, well, um, how do you determine where you're going to evangelize? And how you're going to evangelize one place and not the other because somebody else is doing that. How are you going to decide, like, I'm taking care of these people over here and you're taking care of those people over there? Yeah, you got to get structure. Yeah, yeah, so there has to be something. Or you, like, you realize one day, you know, uh, Joe of Wovahowitz is evangelizing on the west side of your town, but he's actually like a church leader on the east side. And so you're like these competing forces. Well, you've got limited, you know, especially in the early church, right? There's, li- I mean, and, and still today, right? Limited resources. Yeah. And so you wouldn't want, what if in Oklahoma, what if all of our priests were in Idabel? Uh, uh, okay. Well, because we all just want to live there. We love it, right? We uh-huh. love We love that part of the state. So you got 60 dudes, you know, <laughs> ministering to the people of Idabel. Well, and, what about Miami? And nowhere else. Exactly. And what about Stillwater? Right. And, you know, and so, and, and you think about this. I mean, think about your own family, right? There's, there's structure even within your own family. Like mom does this and dad does that and the kids do this. Somebody pays the bills. Somebody takes care of the home. Somebody, you know, has primary care oh, of the children. That's cool. I mean, and that's just a family. In my family, there was, I was just seven people. What do you do when you've got the whole world to evangelize? You've got to set yourself up in some kind of structure. Yeah, so th- this is what uh, happened uh, as the church is going out. Now, you know, we have these horrible people that show up in, the, in history, uh, emperors of Rome usually. Mm. You know, like Nero. Uh, Nero. Urgh. What's the story of Nero? It's like, and if you all he killed St. Peter. If you all haven't read history, I love reading history, 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 because you find out where the gospel was in all of these places of the world, and that these stories actually exist, and these people were really alive. So up from the ground comes this guy named Diocletian. Boo. <laughs> he's in a series of really terrible emperors. So he's in the late 200s, uh, 290s. And in, a, in the late 290s, he uh, decides that he needs to do some reorganization of the Roman Empire. So he breaks the whole place up into what are called like dioceses. Named after himself. I see where you're going with this. With Named after himself. Named after himself. So he broke the whole empire. So you had Africa, 
You had what was the the Ingles. Um, you have the uh, basically the English areas. You had Gaul. You had Hisp- uh, Hispaniola, um, Spain. You had um, then you had so all. This the- was not religious. He's just trying. He's yeah. trying to organize the empire. Right. And so then he takes these little, basically like little Caesars, because he's the emperor, the Caesar, and he puts these little governors in all of the places to to extend his power to make sure that the Roman Empire stays together. So he drew... Trying well, he to have did, a little unity. Yeah, and yeah. He, and there was drawn geographical boundaries. So so if you're Constantius and you're in charge of England, you know what? Your job is not Hispaniola. Yeah, you have You, a, you, you don't have, have Gaul. Yep. You have your spot and you're supposed to govern over there and there's supposed to be a mutual relationship between you and the next door Caesar, uh, the mini Caesar. And so this this happened in the in the 200s to set up this Roman Empire under Diocletian, who then ended up die. I think he dies in like 311 or something like that, 312, 310, some of that ballpark. And that's how this became. So what happens most beautifully? Some wicked man does something awful, um, such as like persecuting Christians, and the Christians then take advantage of the diocese. So when they in the in the 300s they start saying, okay, bishop. You have this diocese here. Now you have this diocese here. So originally set up as a secular enterprise taken into the church as like, hey, that's a that's a great way to that's a great way to organize. Yeah. So now all over the world, so basically every part of the world, every part of, of land is a part of a diocese. Yeah. So if you are a current human being on this earth. You live in a diocese. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'll give you one. Bishop Peter Wells, priest of the Diocese of Tulsa, is the archbishop of what diocese? Isn't it Johannes, Johannesburg? Uh, no. Oh, no, it doesn't exist. I mean, it doesn't—it's a, it's a what we would call a titular bishop. Yeah, but what diocese is he the a diocese bishop? that no longer—that that did exist, but now yeah. doesn't, uh-huh. but still yeah. has a name. What is uh-huh. it? Marcian Polis. Oh, not Poland? Marcia Polis was an ancient Greek then Roman city in Moesia in Feriore and is now in Bulgaria. Oh, nice. So he... <clears throat> so there's, a, there are bishops. So, so basically, yeah. So a bishop oversees a diocese. So a bishop has to be associated with the diocese. So even in the case of, uh, of Archbishop Wells... He is he oversees kind of a whole country. He's the papal nuncio to South Africa and Lesotho. Burkina Faso. Uh, eh, maybe. Moz- I have to look that Mozambique. up. Mozambique. But then he has a he does have a diocese. It's just a diocese that only exists in history now. But anyway, that's another a tangent a little bit. But that, that's how but, old these dioceses are. Right, yeah, it goes way back. Way, 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 back. way back. And and so a bishop was then installed there and said, "Hey, your job, take care of the people in this diocese. Yep. Take care of those souls. These souls. Don't worry about the diocese to your right and to your left. Take care of them. Evangelize them. Teach them the faith. Make sure you raise up presbyteros, priests. Make sure the deacons. Make sure the widows are taken care of. And, and that's the way the church uh, operates. Still today. Around the world. So beautiful is that here in so Eastern Oklahoma, we are officially the Diocese of Tulsa, um, but we also we use the phrase Diocese of Tulsa and Eastern Oklahoma. Um, so there are in the state of Oklahoma, there's two dioceses. 
The eastern third is the Diocese of Tulsa. The western two-thirds is the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City. Um, we have a bishop. We have one bishop. His name is David Condorla. Um, he became our bishop. It'll be three years this summer. He was a priest wow. in another diocese. He was a priest of the Diocese of Austin, Texas, but exhibited a great skill and personal holiness that Pope Francis in Rome decided that he would be the best choice to be the Bishop of Tulsa. So he got a phone call. He said yes. And whatever, I don't know, a month a month later, it was announced, and three, two months Obey after moves, that, obispo. Uh, a couple months after that, he became uh, the, the bishop of Tulsa. And then uh, a few, maybe a year later, you got a call, Father Carey, uh-huh. that said, hey, come see me. And you thought, oh boy. Because you were, what were you doing before Stillwater? I was at the University of Tulsa Catholic Student Center, St. Uh, Philip Neri. That was your assignment? Uh-huh. How did you get that assignment? How did I get that assignment? I was walking down the hallways of Bishop Kelly, and one Father O'Brien O'Brien said to me, hey, uh, Bishop Slaughter is, uh, is here, and he, he was asking about you. Really? And I said, oh, okay. So then I knew where the bishop was, so I just stopped by to say hi. And he, he goes, told you at Bishop Kelly? He goes, I, he goes, I'd like to talk to you. And we walked. He walked oh, me so in random. to uh, one of the small, those little small offices where the business office is. That little office tucked back in the corner there. He goes, really? Grab a seat. We should put up a plaque. <laughs> Dang! If I were Four still at Bishop score. Kelly, I would put up a plaque. Four score and seven years this ago. This is the place where Father Carey found out he was moving to Stillwater. Oh, thank you. A plaque, and then that's that's how I found out where I was going. And I no, I was moving to Bishop from Bishop Kelly and St. Thomas More to Bishop Kelly to you. That's oh, where I found out. Okay. Yeah, and then I got the assignment. I don't remember how I got the assignment. I think he called me and was like, "Hey, I need you to go." You found out over the phone. Yeah, yeah I think nice. so. I think I was on vacation. So it's a beautiful. It's a, I mean, the, from a structural standpoint, it's kind of actually it's not that hard to understand, right? So we have we have the Pope, who is in Rome, right? We are Roman Roman Catholics, right? Yeah, the Pope is in Rome. That's where Saint Peter died. The Pope actually lives and works just a few. I don't know, probably 100 yards from where St. Peter lost his life. And he is the Bishop of Rome. And Pope Francis is the Bishop of Rome. So when you become Pope, you become the Bishop of Rome. All right, so then the then the Pope then appoints bishops. Yeah. And there are, uh, I looked it up right now in the world, 5,353 bishops. That was as of uh, October. Those are retired, That's active. That's everybody, everybody. Everybody. Old folks so, homes. so basically 5,000 bishops. And then, so it's this hierarchy, right? So we have the Pope, we have the bishops. Um, among the bishops, there are some that are called cardinals. There's a hundred and, I don't know, I didn't look that up, but 140 of them maybe yeah. or so. And they have certain special responsibilities, including electing the next Pope. And then beneath the bishops in the, in the, in the uh, holy orders, there are priests. And there are right now, at least as of October 2008, there are... 414,969 what? priests in the world. So basically 400,000 priests. Do you know where most of them are? Um, I can tell you. <gasps> no way, really? You got these kind of stats? What? Well, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me get Oh, ooh. Uh, No, wait, I don't I don't know I don't know exactly where Where do you think most priests are? Like if you were to say 
This is the largest number of priests in the world. Where do you think they're from? Probably Europe. No way. I Germany, mean, current, France? Yeah, current? Ireland's shutting down yeah. seminaries. Well, right. They're just all, all those priests are old. I w- I'm going to say Poland and Nigeria. Oh. Korea's up there I with them. I don't have that. Korea's ordained in a lot of dudes. It. Don't got it. But oh. anyway, so there's a pope, there are bishops, and there are priests. Okay. And then in certain parts of the world, there are uh, deacons. And then you can look up all these stats on like religious sisters. and But that's how we are set up. Um, and we're set up so that the pope can speak to the bishops. The bishops can speak to the priests, and then the priests can speak to their people. And so it's this beautifully set up. I mean, it's not, it, I, I, you know, maybe if, if we were in the business world, we might, uh, I don't know, there might be a more sort of efficient model. <laughs> but one thing that people, yeah. you know, people talk about all the time of like that, uh, the, the, for, the church is very actually decentralized. Uh, I mean, for a church of, of a billion people, 1.2 billion people, if you consider like the Vatican our our corporate headquarters, if you will, <laughs> a thousand people work there. What was that, John the twenty third? Uh Holy Father, how many people yeah. work in the Vatican? About half. <laughs> uh, the so for a church of one point two billion people, at our world headquarters, a thousand people work there. The work of the church is largely being done in places like Stillwater, Oklahoma. It's being done at the parish level. Right. So we have dioceses, and then within a diocese, there are parishes. So here in Oklahoma, in, in eastern Oklahoma, we are the Diocese of Tulsa. We have 78 or 79, I think it's 78 churches. And those 78 churches are covered by roughly 60 priests. Got it. And wow. so we're small. We're very small. Like if you go to Chicago, they have 1,000 priests. It's a lot. Tulsa, 60. Okay. But there's fewer Catholics here, right? So we're about 5% of the population and growing. Touche. And so the idea in the church is we want to be, there's this principle called subsidiarity, which is that a problem should be solved at the lowest possible level. So, right, the, the Pope does not have input on like the hymns that were chosen last Sunday at St. Francis Xavier. <laughs> right? I don't I don't call the Pope to say, how should I spend my day? I don't call I don't even call the bishop and say, Bishop, what songs would you like us to sing? Right? That's a decision best made at the local level. But there are things that need to be addressed at the highest level. This is also true in government, by the way. You don't consult the mayor of Stillwater oh, yeah. as to whether <laughs> we should invade Iraq. You know? And nor does the president of the United States like take orders. You know, there's there's sort of this hierarchy from the federal government on down. Mm-hmm. Same is true um, in the church. Subsidiarity right. is the that, mayor doesn't want to know what kind of light bulbs are in the street lights. They yeah. just want to make sure they work. Right. Right. And so most of the work of the church is being done at, at at our level, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, right. I, don't, I don't consult the bishop even on staffing. I, I'm the pastor. I make, I make a hire of, yeah. of somebody that I, that I, you know, think we need in the church. Uh, we don't get a lot of input, like, on what we should preach about, you know, occasionally, here and there. But I think it's really cool that we're part of a diocese. Yeah. Um, we're, we're part of something larger 
than ourselves. It's not just what I want to do. We're part of something larger. So, for example, we have coming up the uh, diocesan, it's called Faith and Works. It's like our this annual um, kind of fundraising mm-hmm. campaign that's done at the parish level to help support the work of the diocese. Right. And so it goes to fund... Uh, Small border town youth, churches yeah, on the and, Arkansas but border. Youth, you know, youth activities. There are things that that best happen at the diocesan level. Yeah. Um, the annulment process, right? Marriage preparation. Uh, service to the poor. Service to the poor. In inner city Tulsa. Yep. Um, deacon formation, seminary formation, right? It would be terrible if you and I were in charge of like, okay, this guy from Stillwater wants to be a priest. Okay, you form him. Ah, uh, no. Okay. Okay. No, no. We well, need something higher up than us in order to, to do that effectively. What's also cool about about this structure is to, uh, just just two things. One, one is like, uh, I love obedience. I love obedience to the bishop because you can, in this diocese, the bishop knows where the needs are greatest. Yeah, knows better than you and me. Yeah, because he hears from not only his staff, he hears from all these priests. He hears from people all over the place. Oh, you of, get emails and letters. And, and so when the bishop says, hey... I need you to go and be the priest in Venita. Or, you know what, like uh, Father Lawrence was here last year, now he's in Salisaw and he's got those parishes there. He says, I, I want you to go and be the, be the pastor in these parishes. He, he knows best the skill set of that priest for that, for that place. Now, sometimes that doesn't always work out. We just, you know, like someone dies and we need to send a priest there. So that's what's beautiful about obedience is that I can, I can say, Yes, I promise to be obedience, obedient to you. I just promise respect and obedience to you and your successors. Yep. I'll go and, where you send me. Yeah. So if he wants to send me to Valiant, I'm going to Valiant. Yep. There's no longer a church in Valiant. Good Shepherd got moved to Idabel. But if he wants to move me to wah, Hugo. Wah. Okay. Yep. The second thing I love is that the church uh, is like that. Remember we talked about St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians a couple weeks ago. I do. The hand doesn't say to the foot, I don't need you. Yeah. Yeah. Prior does not say to Stillwater, and Stillwater does not say to Valiant, and Valiant doesn't say to Tulsa or Pahuska, I do not need you. Everybody needs each other because remember the church is a living, breathing organism. We are the body. We are the body of Christ. Yeah, it's a living, breathing organism. So it works well and perfect and beautiful when it all works together. Yeah. So we, we. when we do this faith and works campaign to raise money to help, we're not not just helping ourselves. We're helping our brothers and sisters who are out there who don't have the. Yeah, it's not so. just all about well, what what does Stillwater get out of it? Yeah, we we do get a lot out of it, but it's not about that. Um, it's about building the church in Eastern Oklahoma together. So we're you know we're in, we're launching this Catholic Charities here in Stillwater. We're partnering with Catholic Charities of Eastern Oklahoma, which is owned and operated by the Diocese of Tulsa. We're tapping into the expertise of, of this larger organization to bring us a very specific need here to Stillwater. Yeah. So you had the bishop out a couple weeks ago. He came and celebrated Mass yeah. here. Um, the bishop goes around and does all of the confirmations. So when our young people are confirmed, um, the bishop goes out to all of these places yeah. to um, to bring them, to, 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 to give them the sacrament um, of confirmation. So we're, we're in this together. Um, and I think that's something that sometimes we can miss being like here in Stillwater, 
because we're outside, we're away. We don't see the bishop that often. We're not kind of in the center of things. Uh, but but we are very, very, very much connected yeah. to the, the head of our diocese, which is our bishop. And our bishop, how did our bishop become a bishop? He was ordained by other bishops. Mm-hmm. Um, bishop Slattery, who was our bishop for many, many years, he was ordained a bishop by St. John Paul II. Right? You want to talk about oh, unity. Right. You want to, so we always said his head was like a second-class relic, you know? Because <laughs> I want it when he does. His head touched it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, we're, we're in this together. Um, we're in this together uh, as, as a body of Christ. And that's how we're that's how we're set up and structured. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. the The beauty of the body of Christ is that we are one. We're constantly united. We're together, and we work together. You know, and that's that 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 love of the Holy Spirit that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Is how are we being bound together? We're being bound together in love, love for one another, and that you know, yes, it's about a diocese about. The you know Diocletian set all this stuff up uh, in the two in the late two hundreds to give geographical boundaries, but in reality, these geographical boundaries exist for the growing of the church in that and area. the good of the people. Yeah, yeah. What what a total mess it would be if it was just like, all right, you're a priest, just go somewhere, peace. Go somewhere and talk to some people and and celebrate mass. Because then you'd I'd be in a fight. You'd be like, well, I want to go to your church. Well, I'm going to go to your church. Well, <laughs> no, you have your church, and I have my church, and that's how it goes. Don't cross the Cimarron River. Well, another episode of Pastors of Pain has, ah, oh, I know it saddens me, has come to a close. It's over. It's over. We're so glad you joined us. Tune in on, uh, on uh, our podcast, Spread the Word. You can support us financially. Anyway, we love you, and we're so glad to be your pastors. God bless you. And we hope you have a great week.